1: Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Real Life Ghost Stories. Hello. Our film review this week is Veronica. Veronica was released in 2017. It has an IMDb rating of 6.2 out of 10 and a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 88%. Wow, so we're reviewing a
2: decent film. Do
1: you want a synopsis?
2: Yeah, let's have a synopsis.
1: Veronica has taken care of her little brother and sister since the death of her father. One day, during a total eclipse of the sun, Veronica and two friends decide to make a Ouija board in order to invoke her father's spirit. At the very peak of the eclipse, the glass shatters. Veronica enters some kind of trance and passes out, frightening her friends. Veronica recovers and goes home, but there she starts to pick up on slight changes, objects that move, breathing in the dark, and she's still unaware of the horrific outcome that awaits her. What were your thoughts?
2: Okay, before we do anything serious, can we just first of all speak about how ridiculously cute that little boy is? <gasps>
1: Her little brother is the most adorable little boy in the world. And little he's got glasses. Antonito. He's got glasses and he's got a little cross eye. And he sings this like ad jingle all the time. And he's absolutely adorable. And oh, appears I to him. be
2: completely oblivious the whole time as to what is going on. Uh, it's great. I don't
1: know if he's oblivious or he's just completely unafraid. Because yeah, he's maybe. just
2: so cool. Maybe, maybe. I really like this film. I think I say that every time we review a film in those exact words. But I do really like this one. It is subtitled i don't have a problem with that but i know for some people that's a, a no-no so if you can't do the subtitles then this one's not for you that
1: felt like a very pointed remark to make there well because you know i can't do it subtitles i'm like oh i have to read
2: <laughs> <laughs> so how did you cope with this film
1: i coped with it because it was really scary and i enjoyed it the one thing so i had to go back and rewatch it because okay. we watched it ages ago so dan and i watched it together ages ago and then we rewatched it separately and i had forgotten this was the most traumatic thing in the whole film for me. I'd forgotten that at one point during the haunting, her dad appears completely dead dad, dead dad. her dead dad appears completely ballsack naked in her bedroom <laughs> 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 it's so dramatising.
2: Think about this. Fair play to the demon. Like, if you're going to come up with something horrific, you could have like rotting corpses and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure if you're I a teenage see, girl, oh seeing your God. naked dad walking towards you is probably the most terrifying thing you well, can see. Well, not
1: even, not even as a teenage girl. Like, as an adult, I would not want <laughs> to walk into my bedroom and see my dad just stood there inexplicably naked. My dead dad. My dad's not dead. So either way, even with my alive dad, I don't want to see it. I don't need that in my life. No, it's... Do sad. not need that shit. Yes,
2: I had the same thought. Horrifying. As, a, as I was watch- rewatching <laughs> it on the train. <laughs> yeah it's i think it's really clever it is scary genuinely scary i don't know whether it's just because it's set somewhere else that makes it a little bit more scary anyway but there's they do some really clever things in terms of sort of imagery and stuff there's a, a brilliant shot where it shoots up a block of flats and they rotate the image just after the event with the ouija board has happened they rotate the image so it, you notice that it's a crucifix and then the shape of the outline of the sky is a crucifix and then they rotate the image so the crucifix goes upside down which i it's think very is really it, it is
1: very well shot like in the beginning yeah. you have She's Screams, and then it, it cuts to her waking up and yawning in the morning. Yeah. And it's really, I liked things like that. And the first time you see the demon that haunts her, it, is you this see post it
2: post naked dad or pre
1: naked dad. dad. You see it in the TV screen. So the TV is, she turns off the TV and she's sat in front of the TV, and you can see the reflection of the demon in the TV screen. That is. Freaked me out So much Because I was watching it On my own And I was like I can't do this On my own actually This is really scary I I had forgotten How scary it was And And people commented On Instagram Saying that they didn't Find it scary at all And I was like Oh But I know when it came out It was one of those films That was heralded as like The scariest film On Netflix The scariest film ever
2: pretty sure Netflix do that For every scary movie They release No (laughs)
1: but this was on um, I wonder if they pay Companies like The Lad Bible and stuff To spread the news About it being A really scary film but I really did think it was freaky and I liked that it was there was a really steady build up yeah it was really so from the very beginning it's it's scary and then it builds up quite nicely and that feeling of tension is kept throughout and there's a really good use of props I would say as in like there's a bit where she's not able to eat and it's just the actress and she's shaking and trying to eat really at the good, same time the and, and all the food is just spilling out of her mouth. And it's just such a horrific image. And then they use like a like kind of like a boppet. Yeah. To signal when the demon's going to arrive, which sounds really ridiculous, but it really works. Yeah, it's creepy. And it's terrifying when you yeah. hear that thing going off. You're like, oh, no, it's coming. It's coming. It was really good. I loved it.
2: Yeah, I do end up feeling quite sad for Veronica, who's like the, the girl, because she's obviously lost her, lost her dad, so she's kind of looking after all the kids. So yeah, mum is alive, but,
1: but mum is just working all the time. And
2: the cute little one. And the, the obviously, she has to look after all them while the mum's working. And then uh, she obviously gets possessed as well. And then she goes to see a nurse and all this shit's going on. And the nurse like takes some piss out of her basically if you're not having a period don't she which i just think is just another thing for her to worry about i just feel sorry for her by the end of it
1: yeah she doesn't have a very nice time she's got quite a hard life you could see how she would be trying to contact her dad or why she would be trying to contact her dad
2: all the non-instrumental music is incredible because yes
1: it's
2: it's so 90s (laughs) it's a soundtrack by this band called it eros del silencio which is spanish pronunciation you was, you're gonna get and it's like the best of 90s hair metal but in spanish language is brilliant
1: it's very good and what i like as well is during when you hear the soundtrack it's subtitled so you can yeah, you, you actually know what the band are singing some of the in. words
2: are relevant to the story as well which makes it sort of adds to it so that's quite cool I like yeah, so it.
1: all in all what would you give this film out of five
2: uh, i think probably four
1: okay and a half Oh, four and a half. You yeah. slipped that little half in.
2: Yeah. I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that. <laughs> you know what
2: this is? It's that the new podcast you're listening to. You should be banned from it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to My Dad Wrote a Porno. If, they're really popular, but if you haven't listened to it, you need to listen to it. It is exactly what it sounds like. It's brilliant. So I don't, that's why I'm all about the euphemisms at the moment. Continue, sorry. Yeah, so
2: I, I, maybe I'll give it a five, actually. I quite like foreign language films. I couldn't watch mm. them all the time, but I quite like them. I like It was cleverly shot the soundtrack's great I like the fact that they try to give they try to hint at sort of all the mysterious elements like is she possessed because of the Ouija board is she possessed because of the solar eclipse is she possessed because she hasn't had her period yet all kind of rolled into one
1: people do say there's a link between teenage girls puberty and poltergeists
2: yep same with the Enfield Hauntings
1: yes the Enfield Hauntings we, we, we've been asked to do an episode on the Enfield Hauntings so as we will in
2: future having periods regularly is not bad enough
1: <laughs> yeah you just get poltergeists too oh my god my God, not only are you bleeding seven days a month you've got a poltergeist to contend with moving all your shit around there's also a blind nun in this film
2: yeah who is not like
1: she's not even she's not meant to be a scary character but my god is she fucking scary
2: and she's sort of badass as well she's like yeah she's re- kick ass hanging down hanging around in the basement having a sneaky <laughs> cigarette yeah smoking sneaky, cigarette. sneaky fags
1: I'd give this film four and a half out of five as well Ooh. I don't think it was as scary as I thought it was going to be but then that's the problem with social media isn't it because everything gets this major hype and then you watch it thinking you're going to shit yourself
2: I think it was adequately scary I yeah. do think so because like there was enough sort of unease about it
1: it's just not as good as other things that I've seen recently I think that's why I'm giving it a 4.5. I'm I'm unfairly comparing it. But the thing that's brilliant about this film,
2: um, Emma has a finger up. If you obviously you can't see this, you can't see me. Very but I'm important.
1: I'm doing a lot of hand gestures. The thing that's brilliant about this film is that it's based on a true story.
2: I wonder what. F-
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Story could be for this week. Our story
1: this week is The Valesis Haunting. Okay. Which is where Veronica comes from. So at the beginning of the film, it says this is based on true events. What it actually is. This is all based on a police report, which I think makes it even scarier. So are you ready for our first story today? I'm I never, say I'm first, never, I'm never, but it's our only story so I'm
2: never ready for this. You ask me every week and this no, I'm not one, ready for This it.
1: one I think you're really going to hate. Thanks. Are you ready? No. Let's do this. Also, I apologise if I pronounce things wrong, so if you're Spanish and you're listening, I'm really sorry.
2: Yeah, and I apologise to that hair metal band if you're listening and I mispronounced your name. Apologies.
1: They are likely to be listening. It's true. The police station of Valeses, Madrid, received a telephone call late on the night of November the 27th, 1990. The scarcely manned police station wasn't at all prepared for what the frantic voice was ranting about over the phone. Mr Gutierrez claimed that he and his wife were plagued by tall shadowy people and strange happenings inside their modest flat at a nearby street address. Inspector Jose Negri took the case and quickly assembled a small squad of officers to help deal with what he believed to be intruders inside the Gutierrez household. Nothing in their official training would prepare them for what was inside. Two squad cars parked alongside the towering residential building on Louis Martin Street. They met with Mr and Mrs Gutierrez, who were both standing in the frigid cold, too scared to go back inside their home. When the police made their way inside the home of Maximo and Concepcion Gutierrez, there was nothing but a lingering eerie calmness from which the couple had fled from. There were no signs of forced entry on the windows or door, and no other person was inside the home except for the terrified homeowners. They told the police that they had been haunted by loud banging noises and door slamming at all hours of the day. However, what really got the dismissive officer's attention was when Mr. Gutierrez told them about the ominous shadowy beings that they both had seen walking around their residence. Tall shadows that walked past the hallways and peered through doorways. Mrs. Gutierrez recounted that she had been grabbed in the middle of the night by a pair of invisible hands. I felt pressure on the top of me, but there was no one around. I said, there's somebody here. I then felt a pair of hands grab my feet and then grab my hand, which were uncovered by the blanket. Still not entirely sure what they were expected to do or see, Inspector Negri offered a few of his men to stay in the living room with Mrs. Gutierrez while he and two other officers accompanied Mr. Gutierrez into the master bedroom. In there they stood talking when all of a sudden a loud bang came from outside the bedroom's balcony. They heard what sounded like a fairly large and heavy boulder roll across the balcony's tiled floor. When they opened the doors that led to the balcony, they saw nothing. No boulder, no signs of anything unusual that the men could identify as the source of the sound. They went back into the living room to ask their fellow officers if they had heard or seen anything strange. None of them did. However, in that moment, one of the officers yelled, ''Duck!'' to his partner, who had been standing near a large pine cupboard. As he ducked out of the way, one of the doors swung violently open, barely missing the officer by a few inches. The now nervous officers in the room drew their guns from their holsters and pointed them towards the inanimate furniture. There was nobody else near the furniture, and a preliminary inspection yielded no strings or trickery of any kind. The men stood in disbelief. They could not understand what was going on inside the Gutierrez home, or who or what was behind the strangeness they had witnessed. At that point, two officers decided that what they had seen was too much and opted to wait outside in the cold of the night rather than spend another minute in what they believed to be the haunted home of Mr. and Mrs. Gutierrez. While sitting in the dining room, the couple told the now intrigued remaining officers about the strange death of their daughter Estefania just a few years before. A death they believed was brought about by something otherworldly. According to the Gutierrez family, about two years before, their 18-year-old daughter had been caught at school conducting a seance using a Ouija board. When a teacher caught Estefania and her friends inside a darkened room with the spirit board in the centre, she immediately scolded the group and ripped apart the board, breaking the tall glass that the girls had been using as a planchette. Both the teacher and the girls claimed to have seen some form of trapped smoke escape from the glass which was inhaled by Estefania. The couple claimed that from that moment on, their daughter's physical and mental health began deteriorating. They claimed that it began with Estefania telling them that she had seen strange people inside their home, shadowy beings that appeared and haunted the terrified girl. As the parents divulged the incredible information, a loud ruckus came from Estefania's room. Loud bangs and thrashing sounds were coming from behind the closed bedroom door. The inspector and officers jumped from their chairs. Maximo led the way to his deceased daughter's bedroom. Inside the youthfully decorated room they saw a crucifix laying in the middle of the floor. Maximo pointed the nail on the wall from which the crucifix had hung for years. The officers saw that one of Estefanía's posters had been clawed at and partially shredded while still hanging from the same nail that the crucifix had hung from. The inspector signalled to his men to check the other door in the bedroom that led to a balcony. It was locked, and there was no one outside or anywhere near Estefania's bedroom. As the men examined the room, a loud pounding noise echoed around the girl's room, to which no source of the noise was ever found. Maximo then told the officers that while inside the same room, he had witnessed his son being pushed by an unseen force. Concepcion noticed that one of their daughter's photographs had fallen off the table and ignited in flames. Only the photograph inside the frame was burnt, leaving the frame without a single singe mark and the glass without a single crack or a scratch. Outside the bedroom, an officer noted that a strange crimson-coloured goo was present in some of the Gutierrez's furniture, an unfamiliar substance that neither Maximo or Concepcion had ever seen before. Not really knowing what to make of the situation, Inspector Negri was then told about the bathroom the Gutierrez family had chosen to stay out of. They reported that they would hear disembodied voices at times while inside the bathroom and also experience sudden drops of temperature, an icy chill that engulfed whoever was inside. The inspector walked into the bathroom, which had only been used for washing and storing dishes due to the phenomena. Inside he felt the hair in his neck stand on end, an eerie feeling that other officers also felt. The officers noticed that the temperature inside the bathroom was significantly colder than the air outside. It was a cold unlike anything I would ever felt before, Inspector Jose Negri stated. According to Mr and Mrs Gutierrez, their daughter had developed an interest in the occult, which led to the teenager and her friends attempting to conduct this seance in school. According to Estefania's friends, they were attempting to contact the boyfriend of one of the girls who had died recently in a tragic motorcycle accident. When the séance was interrupted by the intruding teacher, the girls and teacher claimed to have seen a strange swirling smoke enter Estefania's nose and mouth. Days later, Estefania began having seizures and hallucinatory visions that her mother said she had never suffered from before. Estefania would sometimes go into fits of wild rage, snarling and barking at her younger brothers. Other times she would tell her parents that she would see shadowy people walk past her bedroom at night people she would describe as being strange and evil-looking. The couple took their daughter in for examination and testing, but none of the doctors could find anything physically wrong with her, leading them to believe that the girl was suffering from some sort of psychosis. For six months, Estefania was tested and checked by numerous doctors and hospitals. No one could give the Gutierrez a straight diagnosis of what their daughter was suffering from, all the while Estefania's physical health progressively worsened. During the last months of her life, Estefania began having bouts of seizures everywhere she went, on the subway, on buses, inside classrooms and in her home. She wasn't safe from the mysterious illness that had begun plaguing her. As her health worsened, so did the hallucinations and voices Estefania was claiming hounded her throughout the day and night. A few months after it all began, Estefania mysteriously passed away in her bedroom. With no official cause of death, Estefania's parents attributed it to her involvement with the occult. It was then that they both began to experience the unnerving and unexplained phenomena in their home. Slamming of doors, electric appliances turning on and off, faint whispering and the shadowy beings began haunting the Gutierrez residence. The couple found no help within the medical professionals when it came to their daughter's mystery illness. Now they were finding no help within the police force in regards to the frightening happenings inside their home. With no choice left in the matter, Maximo and Concepcion decided to move out of their home. Once they did, the insidious torment ceased. Both were able to finally put the strange events behind them, allowing them to peacefully mourn their daughter's death. To this day, no other strange events have been reported inside the apartment on No. 8 Louis Marine, Valeses, Madrid. The Valeses police report is filled with extraordinary events that police officers swore to have witnessed leaving this case to be one of the most recent, eeriest, unexplained cases in their files. What do you think?
2: Just want to get this out of the way, because otherwise I'll be constantly referring to it all the way through, and you'll be telling me, oh, but it's just a film, it's just a film. So, obviously, they've used some elements Hmm. of that story to tell the story of Veronica. Yeah. Sounds like Estefania is not as relatable (laughs) as the character of Veronica. She just sounds like she's dabbling in stuff she shouldn't be dealing with. There's another character in the film called... Daniela, i think who is, yeah. who lost a boyfriend on the her motorcycle the power, accident yeah. and so she's trying to talk to him while veronica's trying to contact her dad which obviously gives you a bit more sympathy to the main character you don't get that in the real story because she's just pissing around with this stuff the address is the same which is interesting so they kept the address the same which was good and the police are being called out by the parents because in the film they obviously they come in response to something that's happening to veronica in the film which i won't go into so it's interesting to see where what parts they've drawn it from don't often get the opportunity to do that so it's quite good the story itself is a bit grim.
1: The bit that I don't like about it is shadowy figures peering into the windows and in through the doors. Hmm. Oh, that image is horrible. I don't need that. Nobody yeah. needs that in their life.
2: I don't know. Like, it's that peeking, isn't it? It's the peeking. Do you remember that time I told you I saw that, li- that that woman when I was at work who kept like dipping her head around the window? Do you remember I, I told you I saw it? I messaged you and said I'd seen Oh, thing.
1: yeah, yeah, you that did. Re- oh, yes. Yeah,
2: so I hated that. I hate that.
1: You need to kind of elaborate a little bit more. Because there's not really... <laughs> I know that, but there's people listening to this who are going to be like, oh, thanks for half a story there, Dan. Uh,
2: yeah, so I was just at work doing some work, and I kept seeing out of the corner of my eyes this person, like, look around the window and then sort of duck away when I looked at her. And she, they did it... I, I saw it, like, two or three times to the point where I was convinced that it was actually someone messing around, so I actually went out of the room and had a look and asked everybody and there wasn't anybody so that freaked me out but i think it's the peering isn't it like if you just see someone standing in your in your doorway obviously that's terrifying but they're still there yeah but it's that sudden sort of like i've been watching you but now you've seen me i've gone the thing that gets me about this is that it's all in the police report
1: do you think it gets it gains more legitimacy because it's in a police report
2: yeah to an extent the police profession is such a way that you kind of have to be 100 percent certain of what you've seen before you committed to a report for them to be that committed to it is saying something however it is a spanish police report and obviously spain is a more religious
1: catholic country
2: catholic country than say britain whereas british police might look for the logical to try and explain away what they couldn't understand because they don't have that religious background it's much more accepted i would say within that sort of religious context that something like that could be legitimate and so they don't look for the logical so they don't try and explain it away they just state it as fact which i think is actually quite refreshing
1: but I don't know if it's fair to say they didn't try and explain it away or they didn't try and find the logical. Because you're just assuming they went in and went, well, fuck, this is haunted. <laughs> Which no, isn't what it no, says not, in the no, story. No, no, no,
2: but it's more like, so it probably wouldn't make it to a report is what I'm saying. In, okay, yeah, some, I get what you because... mean. Except
1: for the Enfield haunting, that made it to yeah, a report.
2: The fact that the police recorded it is obviously, I think, makes it a little bit more terrifying, to be honest.
1: This is real, is real echoes of Annalise Michelle as well. The illness, and I I believe that Annalise Michelle was, was mentally unwell or at least had some sort of illness and I kind of believe the same thing with, with Estefania. If you're in a really Catholic country and you come across some kids doing a seance, the whole seeing smoke going into her, blah, 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 maybe that did happen for whatever natural reason or unnatural reason but maybe the fear, so her own fear of being caught playing the Ouija board or doing a séance, was more powerful than anything else, and plunged her into a state of psychosis rather than her being possessed by something.
2: Yeah, but what's interesting about this story is that the police report comes post Estefania's death. Mm, so the things that quite reported, yeah, yeah, so the things that are being reported have actually got nothing to do with her possession illness, whatever you want to call it. They're actually it's actually stuff that was continuing to go on that they all witnessed
1: there's another part of this story where and I don't know if it's true or not that's why I didn't put it in because I couldn't figure out whether because it's not part of the police report and I only put in what was part of the police report but Estefania's granddad was dying and on his and he was apparently an absolute bastard and on his deathbed he said if I can't get you in this life I'll get you in the next life oh nice guy. and that's yeah what an absolute <laughs> dick imagine being that much of a bastard yeah, that was apparently when all of this stuff started, and in, obviously including the whole séance issue. But yeah,
2: there's a lot of yeah because it's it's interesting because they were called to that they called to the house because of stuff that's going on post her death, and so that says to me that there is some kind of activity. It sounds poltergeisty, doesn't it? I love the report with the picture burning inside the frame, but the frame being intact. That
1: so, if you're listening to this, you need to look at the thumbnail image for this episode because that's the actual burnt picture Right. okay so you can actually see it it is the burnt picture and you can see that's burnt up inside the frame because obviously the police took photos when they went into the house and that happened while the police were there which which was why it got included into the report that whole thing about goo is really is ringing bells at me i think it's the amityville horror house had goo there was goo everywhere. I'd be goo. so annoyed if there was some sort of supernatural goo all over my house. I'd be like, "Fuck
2: you!" Borrowed that from in the uh, film as well, though, didn't they? Because they had the, the the there's all the black consistent. Um,
1: oh yeah, the black goo stuff on the beds. On the beds, yeah. Ugh, I'd be so annoyed that they've would just be really, really good, inconvenient
2: again I did say I wasn't going to talk about this, so I feel like they've done a really good job of making it into something into more of a story but keep it like but basing it on something that did happen but just taking it and making their own story with it
1: and and they did include the, like, the shadowy people yeah. and, and all that stuff because there's that bit in the film where the shadow creature demon thing is walking by the panes of glass yeah. oh, oh that absolutely slayed me I didn't like that bit. No. That bit freaked me out. I like this story, and I'm a bit, for once, I'm a bit in two minds about it. Well, the thing is, you you've
2: explained away the possession, but that's the police report's got nothing to do with the possession.
1: Yeah, you see, that's and and the whole police report. I am in two minds about. And the reason I'm in two minds is because a) it is a Catholic country. I'm going to say this now. People people are going to like at me, but whatever. I think in Catholic countries, you are more inclined to believe in real evil than perhaps more secular countries so i i think maybe that might have had some sort of impact on it do we have the power if you're really frightened of something or if a group of people really believe something do you then have the power to make things happen i don't know with your mind i mean like
2: well to make doors open
1: yeah like it can you can you do that kind of thing
2: we know that's not the case though because if that was the case every time you ask me to turn the light off and i can't be bothered to get out of bed i'd be over to turn them off with my mind wouldn't i which is what i try every night and it doesn't work
1: yeah, but someday it might work. Maybe it takes Maybe practice. Maybe you need to
2: join in. Maybe that's what we're missing. Maybe you need to help me with your mind.
1: Okay, well, we'll test it for the next week and then we'll get back to everybody about whether or not we've learned the happen, art of telekinesis. I
2: won't, I won't be on the podcast because I'll have died of fright.
1: Yeah, if it did happen, you would shit yourself. You would be so frightened. I would mean, like give it You were trying to make it happen. You should be happy that it's happened so what do you think it was though I don't know this is why I'm in two minds because I don't I don't know it's a really I think I think there is a legitimate, legitimacy to something being in a police report yeah. because the minute you put something into a police report you're saying no this is what I saw this it's 100% evidence of
2: all in court as well isn't yeah it?
1: so if that went to court if like whatever happened for whatever reason it went to court you as a police officer are standing up in front of you know, your peers, your families, your friends saying, I saw these things that I can't explain. And I think it's really powerful that people, that a, that a police officer would do that.
2: So are we going, Are we leaning towards demon or poltergeist or bad grandpa?
1: Bad grandpa's such a dick as well. Can you imagine <laughs> being that much like, just, I just can't get my head around being imagine that Imagine if for... it was a
2: combination. So she did a little Ouija board and summoned like a weak demon. Yeah. And then took the weak demon back to her bedroom where her grandpa was trying to kill her. <laughs> Not like that. You, I tell you, this is podcast. Your mind's gotten to the gutter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he went back to a house with the demon and happened to go into a bedroom to sleep, and then the the, the grand bad grandpa who was trying to kill her then got some more power off of it, and then was able to kill her. And then it was a combination of all three of them just kicking shit up in the room.
1: So I don't know if your knowledge of the supernatural is in depth enough to be able to make these assumptions. Uh, it absolutely is. <laughs> You're basing this off the fact that you're now watching Supernatural. Yeah. That's what this is based on. If you watch Supernatural, by the way, and you're listening, <laughs> do let us know because I've just introduced Dan to it and he's thoroughly enjoying it.
2: It's, it is. It's the demon and the bad grandpa forming a tag team to kill the girl, and then the girl and the grandpa and the demon are in a freeway ruckus. <laughs> Uh, triple threat match, there we go. I just
1: spat my drink out, oh my <laughs> god, it only came out of my nose. The
2: girl, it was a wrestling reference, She's oh, so god. perverse since you have been listening <laughs> to that podcast. The girl, the grandpa and the demon are having a triple threat match in the room all the time, and that's what's causing all the podcast activity. There you go, boom, solved. Spain, come at me.
1: Well, don't actually, because you know we quite enjoy our Spanish listeners so wasn't insulting Spain.
2: I'm just saying I've solved them I want some kind of reward I've solved the issue
1: but I don't know if it works like that I don't know if anybody's going to give you a reward wanted demon <laughs> alive or dead it doesn't really work like that does it how would you prove it I just did it's all it's all wrestling related <laughs> oh right related. <laughs> sorry it's all wrestling related we're going to leave it there with the story today but okay before we go on to our reviews I've got a very special shout out that is super important is this where I sing no please do not okay. sing because that would ruin the moment. Katie Stewart is an artist, and she was working in her studio and was listening to the Annalise Michelle episode. Obviously, that episode had a lot of horrific audio. Her Spotify or something came on with Soldier Boy and freaked the absolute living bejesus (laughs) out of her, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But Katie Stewart, somebody out there in the world, absolutely adores the ground that you walk on. We've got a special... (laughs) A special message for you, and that is to have a great day and keep looking for Bigfoot. Mm. Somebody loves you, and that's oh.
2: very sweet. I also like the fact that uh, the demon summons Soldier Boy.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Imagine. Oh,
2: God. That possession is just, that's how Siri
1: interpreted the possession. We've got two new reviews this week. Boom. So our first review comes from a Texas listener. I found the podcast for me. Oh. That mm. what a start. I'm most intrigued by ghost stories as I grew up in a family which any abnormal noise was a ghost. This podcast is full of mystery, wonder, Free range on imagination and, oddly, laughter. Just when I think I cannot stomach any more spooks, here comes Emma with a stab at the paranormal that that makes you ease up the fright. I love this. And that comes from C. Solis. And I'm sorry if I've said your name wrong. But thank you so much. And we got another review that is entitled Highly Entertaining. The hosts have a great rapport that makes for a highly entertaining podcast. Very funny, though never too off-topic. The stories are creepy. And I wish that they voted more time to discussing them. Oh, oh, hang on. We'll do, we'll we'll get to that in a second, but all in all, a wonderful show with solid production value, which is often a problem with podcasts of the spooky variety. Keep up the good work, and that's from Murray JF three. Thank you very much. Now, can I explain why we don't spend more time discussing things? You can, yeah. The reason is is because the more time we spend, the less we actually discuss the topic at hand. There's a reason why our episodes are cut to like half an hour
2: if you could all see the look that i'm getting from emma you'd realize the subtext to this
1: (laughs) the subtext is is that dan rants he goes off onto these mad tangents about lost scrolls and time traveling and just the most bizarre things all those
2: unsolved mysteries that i've solved off air
1: so there is a reason why we keep the discussions short and i'm sorry but I cannot change that because you, you will lose all our listeners. <laughs> all of our listeners will disappear into a black hole. That's uh, probably true. So if you enjoyed this week's episode, albeit it is a short one, keep an ear out for next week's episode, which is going to be a bumper episode. It's going to be long.
2: That's not just because I'm going to be waffling.
1: No, it isn't. We're going to have a listener special for our 20th episode. So we were going to have a bumper episode. We're going to have lots of listener stories. So if you enjoy this week's episode? Make sure that you leave a review on iTunes. Make sure that you come and talk to us on Instagram. We are at Real Life Ghost Stories on Instagram. Come and talk to us on Twitter. We are at Real ghost Pod. And come and talk to us on Facebook. We've got a little Facebook closed group. So come and chat to us on there. And if you want to send us a story, please email us a story at reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail dot com.
2: Or just use the Facebook group. Or
1: Or just use the Facebook group. But either way, if you send me a story, it'll take a while because we've got a kind of a rough schedule. But I will eventually read it out in a listener's episode. We shall see you next week. Au revoir.